What's up, crew? This is Brandon Gredler, and you are now listening to Cocktails and Questions. This episode is with Ben again. Well, Ben's always here, but James wasn't here again, unfortunately. He's coming back soon, not a problem. We joke that he might be in outer space via Elon Musk, but he's not. He's just a little road dog. He'll be back here in a little while. Ben and I talked about Super Bowl LII, or 52, if you guys don't speak Roman numerals, because we would be remiss if we didn't. So it was a fun one. We talked about sort of why it was ruined beforehand, who owned during the game, and then what happened after the game, leading all the way up to the epic space launch of my man, Elon Musk. Man, we talked about... What did we talk about? Tide. We talked about Doritos. We talked about Odell Beckham Jr. We talked about all sorts of stuff, including my man Sam Galatry. So if you don't know who that is, I'll put a link to his Spotify in the show notes because you should jam out to him after you're jamming out to this episode. So tune in and drink up. This is Cocktails and Questions. And we're back. Is this episode 17? 17. 17. Kit Kit that fan off. Even though it is a sweltering, some it's like it's like the world's worst sauna in here, you know what I mean? It's yeah, it's just it's just sweaty. It's about ninety seven degrees, and I think it's like thirty three outside. Yeah, that's what you get for being in the Garden Grove basement level, <laughs> Austin, Texas. Man, it's good to see you. Uh, I wish I could say the same about James, the little road dog. He's on the road again, man. It's, it feels like every week, man. We miss him. I'm not gonna say R.I.P. What, what do you say to what do you say to a dude who's not here? Uh, miss you, bro. Miss you. Come back. <laughs> Come back. Um, but he'll be back soon. Um, so it's been a little bit since we've been in the studio. A lot of things have happened. But seeing as how we do what we do, and uh, people like the things that we do, I think do we'd they? be well. Okay. Yes. Enough to sure. fund this podcast, which is costs us twelve dollars and thirty seven cents a week. So tell your friends, rate and review. Thanks. Um, talk about the Super Bowl. Right, it's the world's largest media event. This, that, and the other. Everyone knows what it is right now. I know we've got some thoughts about it. Um, but some quick stats that I think are super interesting about it. Um, obviously, where we live in North America, it's the largest sporting event. Right? Um, I forget the exact stats. We'll put them in the show notes. But the exponential growth of not only the NFL but the Super Bowl over a period of time, to where I think we might be at peak NFL. Even easily po- peaking, I thought. Post head concussion, post Ray Rice and his deplorable behavior, post all this stuff, we had 114 million people view in view in, on uh, Sunday, Super Bowl 52. Patriots, Eagles. Did you Great bet on, game. Did you bet on it? I did not bet. I was did, not the guy who bet like six million dollars on the Eagles and won. Smart. A lot of the smart big whale money. Yep. If you look at the stats, all on the Eagles. All on the Eagles, man. Um, did you care? Do you care? Nope. I didn't care. Didn't care at all. But I'm not a big, be. yeah, not a big NFL fan. I love college football. I don't know why. I just don't love NFL football. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I start watching in the playoffs, and it was a great game. And I, you know, I wanted the I wanted the Patriots to lose, but I didn't want the Eagles to win. It was so it just it all worked out. It was, it was perfect. <laughs> why did you want the Patriots to win? I just like or to cheer. To I, I, I like to cheer for the underdog, okay. but the Eagles are tough to cheer for. A I mean, not to, not to hate on anybody, but they're uh, they're tough to cheer for. So it was, you know, it ended up fine. I didn't really care whether one one or the other, and but it was a good game. Uh, but the commercials—that's what everybody talks about. That's right. And uh, I thought I was a little bit underwhelmed, but I will say for the first time, we actually DVR'd 
a something and fast forward through parts of the game to the commercials. No shit. Yeah. My wife and I. So we had some people over. They left and uh, we had to catch up on the game. And we actually fast forwarded it through about seven minutes of the game, stopped, watched the commercials in between, and then kept fast forwarding. What a complete in that backwards mind pickle of yeah. what what you've done to yourself. I know. Um, well, but but you're not alone, right? So w- one of the reasons why a third of the U.S. tunes into this thing is because of the commercials, right? So when I was growing up, I mean, we're talking about the days of Pepsi Clear and Cindy Crawford and all this 3D glasses, 3D glasses, Michael Jackson stuff, like. I mean, these were mega feature releases. So right now, um, the prices stay the same, but the content, I don't know. We can talk about that here in a second. But for context, the estimation is uh, $5 million for 30 seconds. But that only includes the TV spot, doesn't support the digital, doesn't support any sort of accompanying experience, which I want to go back to. Production value. Any of that shit. Which is probably another $5 million. $5 million just to go to the party. Right, you got you can't dress like shit. Mm-hmm. You got to bring your gay game, but even before the game started, which is one of my biggest gripes about this, was I felt like I saw all of the mega commercials prior. Did you feel the same way? Did you see this? Yeah, I think so. That's you know that's the trend for the last what seven or eight years. You release it out, and I think that as a marketer, their idea is you get more bang for your buck. It drags it out a little bit. People start to talk about it. You know, I thought Amazon did a somewhat decent job of. A little bit of a teaser. They put Bezos in the ad, so you knew something was coming, but they didn't give it away. But yeah, I hate it when they when they actually put the ad out there before. That's it like just the world's feels worst. Feels like a waste. World's worst digital strategy. Yeah. Right. Like, how much did you pay somebody to come up with that? Yeah. It's like, oh, you got to. We'll just do it early. <laughs> like, that's not a strategy. A, B, the um, the Jeff Bezos things. Right. So we love Austin, Texas. There's talks of headquarters number two being planted here and i think everybody we know their ears perked up because in the use case i believe the girl says what's the weather in austin i think everyone in austin held their breath good yep. bad or indifferent you have thoughts on that you think it's it's too obvious or it's a tip in his hat like what do you think the deal with that is i don't know i thought see i, I actually i thought that if they were smart they should have announced during the super bowl spot where it was going to happen people think they did yeah people i know think that that's the and uh and so but it would, I think it would have been more fun if they actually you know, did did a big reveal. But it, but it might be. I don't know. I, I do think it, it reminded me. So every morning my daughter gets up. She's two, nine months, but almost three. And she uh, gets up and she says, Eto, what's the six degrees in Austin, <laughs> Texas? And then no matter what Echo says, she goes, Ooh, that's really told. So, so it, it reminded me of that. That's so, I, good, so yeah. I liked it. But I don't know. I don't know if that, if that, if that foreshadowed something or not. It, it, what was funny was a few episodes ago, James threw a question out there, which was, is not having a voice sort of a handicap of the future? And I quipped about that. I, I actively judge people who lose their voices as being weak. And what I loved about it is it flipped the script, which was mm-hmm. Alexa loses her voice. I thought, it was a, I thought it was a killer spot. I thought Jeff did fantastic. Yeah. I thought My boy did. Jeff. I text him right after. I said, hey, man. <laughs> hey, man. Nice work. Nice work. Um, so that, that's the weirdo sort of run up to it is that we saw a bunch of stuff. Now you're tuned in. And apparently, I didn't know this before we pressed record, but you tape recorded the game, which we can talk about later. Off, I did. Off air. Just in case Such you got it, you got to do it in case somebody has to get up and leave, or you, gotta, you can go back. What did you see during the game, other than the game itself? Because you didn't watch that. What did you see? <laughs> what did you see 
uh, in the commercial landscape, I mean, you've been in the business a long time. You've yeah. watched every Super Bowl for the past however. Anything well, pop out? Yeah, I thought uh, my favorite was the NFL spot. And I think in a time when the NFL is down in the dirt, just in the dregs, man, they're just getting beat up every which way possible. I thought that they took um, two unlikely characters. They took Eli and Odell Beckham Jr., and uh, put them in the most unlikely scenario of performing the dance from Dirty Dancing. But there's a there's an insight, and you know, if James is here, he talk about insights. And sometimes I think that that's bullshit, you know. But every good ad is based on an insight, and you got to get down to the deep human truth. And I think what they did is they they found that, which is that there's a moment of pure joy in every NFL game that's when right. somebody scores, and whether they spike the football. Or back in the day, they'd do the icky shuffle. But there is, I mean, there is a, that time and, and there's magic that happens. And you think that there's got to be some sort of practice that goes on for those guys. Because they, they're so intricate. You don't just pull some of that stuff out. And then to go through and take that to just the nth degree and make it as ridiculous as possible. Uh, Eli is, he's I, I mean, I thought his brother was goofy, but he is the goofiest dude and in the, the world. Stiffest. And then Odell is like a badass. He's got, he's got the hair and the shoes, and I thought he played it too. And you could just see those guys just being total dorks at their. It's just ridiculous. I, I loved it, man. A couple of insights on that is one: if you've ever been in a locker room or on a sports team, you know that they're just a bunch of silly people running around, right? Having fun at every expense possible. So for me, it was a glimpse that you don't see that I know that exists, right? It's like, oh, that's cool, man. All right. Uh, insight number two is I have won several dance contests with my male counterpart friends by doing that exact routine from Dirty Dancing. That is a fact. And if anybody can find a picture of it, I'll give you a free tour of the Cocktails and Questions podcast studio in Austin, oh. Texas. You got to fly yourself here, though. And uh, three, something that I didn't realize until you said it, I was taken by the ad, and I was weirded out by the, some of the backlash, but I loved the support of the ad itself so much that I didn't know it was an NFL ad. Really? You referenced it as an NFL ad, and I yep. was like, what the hell is he talking about? Yeah. And then you brought up what it was, and now I remember. Yeah. It was, and, and I look at it like the, the, one of the greatest run of commercials ever has been SportsCenter. And, yeah. And, I mean, they, they just nailed a tone, and, the, I mean, it was just so funny. Absolutely great stuff. I think Wyden Kennedy did it, but they um, they they took the essence of sport. Who? And Wyden Who? Kennedy. Who? Yeah, you've never Who's heard of a little yeah. shop in yeah, the northwest. Right? But they, no, uh, they they did such a good job of just taking why sports are important and the little parts of sport that almost get forgotten, and they brought that up over and over. And, and I think the NFL did that without saying, "Oh, we're the NFL and we're great." So yeah. I thought it was fantastic. And a couple other winners. I mean, you liked you loved Tide, right? I loved Tide, and I think it's an obvious answer, right? Because what they did, I, I just like land grabs like that, man. They. They took their shit and they ruined everybody else's $5 mm -hmm. million dollars as far as I'm concerned, right? Because if you paid attention to one Tide ad, that means you paid attention to every other Tide ad and every other ad that wasn't a Tide ad had a brand recall to Tide, mm -hmm. right? So I thought, it was, I thought it was brilliant. I don't know who did it. I don't know who helped them. Um, I don't care because it's awesome. Um, but the other thing that I really liked was, and we talked a little bit about this before, but... I think weaker companies would have folded 
under the social pressure of their Tide Pod bullshit, mm-hmm. right? I think I think it was a perfect time for somebody to come in and say, you know, it's too risky. We can't go out there. If we go out there, we got to address it. And there's like, you know what? No, right? Yeah. Dumb people are going to do dumb shit. We've got a brilliant idea and we are going to completely co-opt everyone else's dollars. And that was a brilliant part is the fact that y- you everybody's dressed up in every one of these commercials. Nobody's got a stain. And I've never thought about it that way. And now, now I do. Now I think about commercials. I'm like, well, yeah, they, they look pretty good. And they're all, they've all got clean shirts on or clean sheets on the bed. And so but do you know the why? fact that... It's a Tide commercial. Yeah. Yeah. And the <laughs> fact that you... There was a couple times I was like, oh, this is going to be another Tide commercial. And it wasn't. No. And that is not what you want as a marketer, that somebody's thinking it's something else. Yeah. If you, if you are the person who got the buy-in to fund a Super Bowl commercial and you're watching and you're waiting for the air and you were right after that. Yep. How pissed, you know, text going off, slacks, fire and phone calls. <laughs> like, oh shit, man. Um, that was, that one was good. I thought the, uh, speaking of brands and things like that, I thought the extension of Bud Light to Dilly Dilly was really good. I think what they came out with was a, was a funny line that was built off the back of games of game of Thrones, but mm-hmm. really what they built no knowingly or unknowingly was a brand platform. They, yeah. they extend, you know what I'm talking about, yeah. with the night and all that shit. That one was good. Um, anything else pop out? Yeah, I mean, the two, the other two that I loved were uh, Doritos and Mountain Dew. I thought that that was pretty good. And a little bit expected from Doritos. I mean, they're always going to, they, they tend to do the same types of thing. Yeah. But the fact that they brought in a sister brand and uh, yeah. the, the couple things I love about it, the fact that they've got Peter Dinklage, who actually looks like he's rapping, and uh, I mean, he did a, did a great job. And then you got Morgan Freeman doing the exact same thing. I don't know how they shot that, but it, it looked real. And the, I, I didn't. It wasn't that I loved the ad. It's just that I loved that the two things were sort of competing and working together. So the idea that two products and two ads could tell a story together, I thought that was interesting. But the one that I that I thought was was amazing and actually tricked me. And after last week's podcast we were talking about it mm-hmm. and james goes did you know that there's going to be a new crocodile dundee with danny mcbride and i was like no shit and we all were googling it and trying to find the trailer actually thought it was real yep and the ad that they did which i think most people or a lot of people are saying was the one that won the super bowl uh but the more and more that you uh you start to look into it i just saw an article today that uh hemsworth said that he'd be in the movie nice so so, yeah. would, so did danny mcbride so i would not be surprised if that movie gets made. Yep. But uh, just th- thought that was that was great. There's two things about that. Um, one I didn't know uh, before before seeing that, which was uh, I guess Paul Hogan was cast as the original Crocodile Dundee because he was in an Australian tourism board commercial. So that commercial predated the movie, which I saw in Houston, Texas at Lowe's Theaters. Speaking of R.I.P. I remember that. Not a night. <laughs> that was pretty good, man. Yeah. I'm proud of that. I've been uh, working on that for like 32 years. Nailed it. Yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> uh, and then the other thing was, uh, it's, it's, somebody put it more articulate than this, but like that's the new model of a Kickstarter. That was essentially like the highest profile mm-hmm. Kickstarter that we've seen to date. Yeah, you put it out there and then that's right. see if people respond. They think it's the best commercial ever. Why not turn it into movies? Instead of going through treatments and doing this stuff and bringing it around to film and trying to sell people on it and the reboots, pay $5 million, 30-second spot, big-name actors, Yep. see what the social demand is, right? Mm-hmm. That thing lit on fire, and I, I thought it was a brilliant move. Yeah. 
and uh, and I love uh, I love Danny McBride. I, what I love about a Danny McBride movie, if you're a producer, all in is going to cost you about one hundred and sixty thousand bucks to do. I mean, do you just let the dude <laughs> loose? I mean, other than Press other record. than than location, that ad was just him just screwing around the entire time. Being him, yeah. So the movie would be pretty much the same thing. Yeah. So no, I thought it was good. So that's the. Uh, you know, kind of the the before, during. What about right after? Real quick, the during. Yeah. One other thing that stood out, and we were talking about this before, just for folks who listen, is the the Diet Coke commercial, which we talked about. Yeah. Um, nothing remarkable about Diet Coke. No. They took some sugary syrup and they put it with some fruit flavors, and they called it a day and called it a new thing. But what was really cool was the backing soundtrack to that is a guy, a uh, producer by the name of Sam Galatry, Scottish kid. I think he's twenty three now. Um, but I'll tell anybody and everybody about this guy. I have been for a better part of a year now. Um, but the song that they used, he recorded when he was 17 years old in his parents' house in Scotland. Wow. So I'm sitting there. I'm fucking off on my second screen experience, not paying attention. And then all of a sudden, my song comes on in the background. I look up, sure as shit, some girl's dancing with a mango Diet Coke with Sam <laughs> Galatry. So good on you. I'm super proud of that. Um, and then the other during was, which kind of brings us to the post, mm-hmm. which is um, Cloverfield Paradox. Yep. Uh, I, thought, I thought it was awesome. Not the video, but the strategy, right? And I know you have some thoughts on this, but the fact that nobody knew that it was coming, it, it was a mega release by a studio, but the studio was Netflix, and I didn't have to wait. There was no coming this summer. There was none of that bullshit, right? Um, which I think they owned post show. Did you watch it? Yeah, no, I, I didn't watch. I didn't watch but it, but I saw. It, but I saw the ad, yeah. and I think that what you're describing is something that only Netflix can do. Hundred percent. And if you're a brand, I mean, Super Bowl is all about branding. If you're a brand, you got to lean into the things that only you can do. And I mean, I guess Amazon can do it, but Netflix just they they set this idea of binge watching on my own time. They created that. They created that as a thing. And so they leaned into that. And no other studio would say, we're going to take this mega release and not tell anybody about it until it's an hour and a half before it gets released. Now you got the built-in Super Bowl audience, so it's the perfect time to do that. But it takes a lot of balls to do that. It takes a lot of balls to say that that's the only thing that we're going to do to announce it. But immediately everybody goes and watches it. And, And according to them, it was extremely successful so i like the fact that they leaned into it i like the fact that they did something that nobody else could do yep. and then they they really owned what you do after the super bowl which is always a lull yep right historically it's a lull yeah. what am i gonna watch that or you watch this is us which had 176 <laughs> promos during the game I, apparently I, some guy caught on fire i don't know i don't i don't watch a show not good like it just was you could rewatch the puppy thing. bowl I could. <laughs> you could rewatch Puppy Bowl and just put that thing on loop until you fall asleep. Or you could go over to Netflix, which is what I did. So I, I thought it was really cool, man. I thought it was, um, from a strategic point of view, they looked at, you know, we, we deal a lot in experience design, all this shit, right? The natural lull and come down, mm-hmm. like I'd like to say, like they're like, well, why don't we just own that moment? Yep. Right? The same way, like if you can own this thing and it's uniquely you, we'll just take it over. And it worked for me. Turned it off, switched on Netflix. <sighs> I need 90 minutes of my life back. Terrible, really. It's, it's not, it's not, it's like the, uh, it's the song that never crescendos until the very, very end, which means it was nothing but a giant trailer for Cloverfield 3. And I was like, you know what, man? Okay, all right. 
Yeah, right. I deserve it. You got it. me. I deserve it. Yeah. Because I barely paid attention to your commercial, but you got me. So I don't know, man. Oh, so good, they own good that. And, good and bad on them. So they, they own the end. But I think that, you know, the person in the company who really won after the Super Bowl and really dominated the week. I do. Was, uh, was our friend, uh, old Mr. Elon Musk over at SpaceX. Man, what a crazy week for those guys. Speaking of something that nobody else can yeah, do. Yeah, like nobody else can do. So you, you take a, a guy like him and talk about... What do you do? He leans into something that, that only SpaceX could do. Uh, they launched their Falcon Heavy, which is their largest rocket that's in production today. So uh, took off, uh, can carry 64 tons. That's 141,000 pounds uh, and can do it at a... Uh, cost of about ninety million dollars. Most rockets of that size are three hundred to five hundred million dollars. So it takes off, and just for good measure, they load it up with his cherry red Tesla yeah, Roadster, awesome. which is just the greatest branding play I've seen in the past two or three years. So they put it in there, and then they strap a dummy into it. They seatbelt him in, and then <laughs> wait. James was in the yeah. throat. I don't know. I don't understand. Yeah, then maybe that's where he is. Yeah, he's the dummy in the tub. Okay, got it. And then, and then they, uh, and then they put on uh, Starman, and they just launch him into space, and then let go of Elon's Tesla Roadster. So it awesome. had the only the only two mistakes that it made. So the, then the rockets then come down land themselves two of three, and are reusable. So the only Huge. two mistakes was that one of them missed its its landing pad, so uh, got pretty banged up. But the uh, they actually shot his Tesla too far. It was supposed to go into orbit around Mars. They actually shot it past Mars' orbit, and now it is going to be orbiting in an asteroid belt and probably get destroyed by uh, a bunch of asteroids, which is <laughs> Awesome. I mean, that that is awesome. But that's the perfect end. It's the perfect end. And the whole time they're live streaming the picture of this Tesla Roadster with this dude. And in the background, all you see is Earth. I mean, that is it's like the most this, beautiful. It's, yeah, it's a fantastic ad. I remember in my in my first startup ever, I watched the last uh, NASA launch. Right. And growing up in Houston and doing all this stuff, man, and just being the way I like I. I've been fascinated with space my entire life. So there was like this emotional thing that I had watching this, like watching the failure of all, like all mm-hmm. the, like all the funny, like, haha, look at this dummy. He can't land a rocket. Like, dude, you can't even parallel park. And he missed landing a rocket automatically. Like, calm down. He's doing great. Yeah. Right. Um, and then all the way into this thing, post Super Bowl, I, like in the week after, I think I thought it was great. The one thing that I thought was interesting though, is probably because of my age and due to the fact that it was in space, and it's a roadster. I can't help but to think how much it looks like a Saturn Sky convertible. It does. It did. I'm like it was a little rounded because of yep. the distortion. And I'm, yeah. I'm just like that doesn't look like a Tesla to me. I, I do notice. <laughs> I did notice that. And I think about it, you're the brand manager on Tesla, and you're like, can you hear this podcast because they yeah, listen? And in. you're yeah. you're pissed off about it, and you go, I just <laughs> I didn't think about the distortion of space. It looks and now like it looks like a Saturn. Saturn. Yeah. Don't don't tell Elon. He's one of our listeners. We know that for sure. So don't don't tell him about it. But tell him to get us more uh, flamethrowers. That's true. While you're at it, man. So that, I mean, that's a pretty good take, dude. I mean, all in all, I'd give it. I don't know. I'd go a seven. I'd give what Elon was able to pull off. I'd give it a, a twelve. And that's not a ten, man. It, that, he he just crushed yeah, it. Forget dude. the brand thing. The fact that you created a, a rocket that is 
a third the price of everything else that can reland it, that can land itself is reusable um, and pa- paves the way for the next thing, which is their BFR, big yep. Falcon rocket or big fucking rocket, however you big uh, say rocket. you want to. Uh, but, you know, it's it's more than twice as big. Um, and, and that's the one that they think can take over 100 passengers, likely go to Mars. And it's coming in the next next year or two. So. Uh, man, it's a, it's, it's an amazing feat. And then, you know, to finish that off, what I loved is that I'm looking on Instagram and on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn and, and all the social channels. And what I start to see is people that I know who traveled out to see this launch, yeah, like yep. Nerdapalooza, like yep. it is like, I mean, I thought Burning Man was a bit nerdy, but I mean, this was like the ultimate geekdom and people are standing outside cheering for this rocket. I think it's cool that we've gotten back to the point where space is now not only what we're talking about, but what people are interested in, what they think is cool. And I think it's going to open up a whole new conversation that we could probably do an entire podcast on going forward. Yeah, you you touched on on this uh, hearts and minds thing that he's done, which is reinvigorate the passion of space travel in future, right? And like the possibilities of mankind. I know it sounds a little cheesy, but I do believe it's true, right? Um, I mean, is it, you know, that's one thing if I look back, I'm trying to think of our, our time frame, like our generation, yep. like, is there, is there an epic quest left that... Some would say to get to the moon in the first place, but yeah. Well, no, but, but I mean, that's... <laughs> 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 to not do it on a soundstage in yeah, LA. Exactly. But, right. but think about that time, how, like, how much pride there was optimism and and, and just that was a goal and kennedy said i'm gonna do that and not because it it easy because it is hard but uh but and we don't and we don't have that and you know we've got people trying to solve diseases we've got people trying to do all kinds of things they say the ocean floor there's still so much to explore but i but i don't know it just does for some reason that doesn't seem as exciting that everybody can get behind um i guess the only other thing is maybe the winter olympics (laughs) <laughs> right, so probably we can all get behind you mean ice tell dancing. Me, I have two things to look forward to. Yeah, the Winter Olympics. Yeah, or, or space travel. Yeah, or curing cancer. There's or nothing like there. that. Pretty I much, that's it. All right, man. I mean, you kind of got me though when you called uh, Burning Man, and this goes shows the evolution of the other thing. My other thought, right? Burning Man's for nerds, right? I grew up when Burning Man was not for nerds. It was for like spiritual yeah. burnouts, right? These people with their third eye permanently fried open and like... Yeah, like, uh, like my... Uh, Austin's laughing. You know you know the people I'm talking my about. Daughter's, right? My daughter's babysitter who I found out uh, takes all her vacation to go to Burning Man Sweet. and marries people uh, while wearing no clothes for two full weeks. I was like, oh, okay, well, that's pretty cool that you're uh, taking care of my daughter anyway, so... <laughs> That's cool. But now it's but now it's for nerds. Like you said, like I know I have watched and I I know personal like people that, you know, I don't want to say that it's been co-opted, but it has. Right. I'm when they tell me you're going to Burning Man, I just look at you. I'm like, do you even know what this is or did you just read about it? in some? I I don't. So it would be like if I went to Burning Man, if I I feel like if I went to Burning Man. That would just just tip it over the side, like like a bunch of you. Yeah, because I <laughs> you do not want a bunch of me because I'm gonna be like pissed off that it's dirty and you know I'm like take my own camper out there, like rent a big bus. That's right. It's just I I, I am everything that would be wrong with Burning Man, so I know not to go. But it well. Burning Man community thanks you yeah. for, for your acknowledgement. But that's the evolution. we also hate you. That's but the evolution we thank of you. being nerds, right? And then just the fact that. 
he is the ultimate nerd. Elon's the ultimate nerd, mm-hmm. and it's awesome. I think. I think again, uh, what a time to be alive, man! It's fun to watch it as growing up, watching the shuttle launches in schools and going to NASA and eating the fucking ice cream and all that dehydrated ice cream. Dots. Oh my gosh, man! The ice cream of the future. Um, it was cool. It was cool to watch. It's been a fun couple of weeks, man. Do you have a, a coolest thing before yeah, we let you say, get out of here, man? I gotta say that was it. I thought the coolest thing. Uh, cool. You know, I'll say coolest thing of the week because probably before uh, we do another one of these is uh, we're gonna have a, my wife and I we're gonna have our second baby. So that'll probably be yeah. the coolest thing of the week. Uh, so knock on wood. Yeah, fingers crossed on that one. And uh, what about you? Uh, outside of the space launch, outside of the complete um, bubble burst of crypto, which is yep. funny, um, I got out with more than I put in, so super happy about that. Okay. Um, I'll say the weirdest thing that I saw. So amidst the bubble burst was uh, our homeboy McAfee. Remember him? Yeah, okay. John McAfee. Yes, sir. Right. If you haven't watched that documentary, go watch it. It's He's a fascinating individual. Yep. Well, he now sits on the board of a cryptocurrency company and all this shit, but he came out and he said, <laughs> I don't know, if, if you have children in the car, now's the time to... Uh, mute it, I guess. Yeah. He said that he predicts Bitcoin will hit 500K or he will cut off his own genitalia. That dude is whacked out of his... He's and smoking I, bath salts. Bath salts. And I believe him. That's the thing. <laughs> right? Like, um, no, either way. <laughs> either way. <laughs> like, I believe you, sir. It doesn't gonna, mean that you're right. It doesn't mean you're right. I believe yes. I think you're going to own up on that bet one day. So oh. that's that's not the coolest thing. It might be the most disturbing and the and the and the craziest thing, man. Um, that's it, dude. We'll let you get out of here. Yeah. Thank you for your time, uh, James. Hurry back. back from your Come Mars back. mission, dude. Uh, for all the cocktails and questions crew, Austin, Carly, Ben, James, myself. This is your friend Brandon Gredler. We will talk to you very soon. Be good to yourselves. Be good to one another. Bye.